Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. That's what it is. It's literally choking out the fruit that God wants to bear in your life right now. You're holding something against somebody when God has chosen not to hold all of our sins against us. Brothers and sisters, if you are making this mistake, we must stop. Pastor Daniel makes a good point in today's message. When we refuse to forgive someone, it's really doing us more harm than the person who hurt us. Our unforgiveness festers inside and produces bitterness and anger. Instead, we need to obey Jesus' command and release grace into that situation. When we do, we'll be demonstrating Jesus to someone who needs Him. If today you're holding on to a hurt, let it go and forgive. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 18 with part two of his message, Unlimited Forgiveness. Where the church is, the call that assembly, that is where God reigns in the hearts of people. Are we allowing God to reign in our hearts? And Jesus says, look, this is what Where God reigns is like. He says, it's like a certain king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. So the king is doing an accounting of all these people and he wants to settle accounts. He wants to clear up his balance sheet. He wants to be able to make sure that he can close out this account and move on to the next thing. And he gets one of these servants who it says owes him 10,000 talents. Now, what's amazing is it's impossible to tell you exactly how much money 10,000 talents would be. But what you need to know is that a talent was the largest unit of money in that culture and 10,000 was the largest round number that they would use for money. So the equivalent would be many millions of dollars, even almost billions of dollars. To put the enormity of the debt that this servant has to the king, when David, who was the king of Israel, when he wanted to build the temple... He donated 3,000 talents of gold and 7,000 talents of silver. So this donation that David gave would have been considered enormous. And now you have the servant who owes this king 10,000 talents. But notice in verse 25, it says, but as he was unable to pay his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that the payment be made. See, the king was wanting to settle accounts. So he's saying, look, your debt is so big, then you're going to have to work it off. Now, it was impossible for a man, his wife, and his kids to ever pay back such a sum. But the king in his mind, and Jesus isn't condoning the king's behavior. He's just saying, this is what would have happened, right? And what's going on here is, The king is seeking to get back at least some piece of the debt that is owed. But notice, 
In verse 26, the servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And the master of the servant was moved with compassion, released him and forgave him the debt. What does this teach us? This teaches us that God compassionately forgives. God compassionately forgives. See, if you put this parable and you bring it down to your own life, what it means is that God is the king and each one of us are his servants. And even if we don't realize that we're his servant, we are because in him we live and we move and we have our being. Everything that we have is the Lord's. And he entrusts it to us and he asks us to give an account for what we do with our lives. And what happens is, is every single day of our lives, we build up the debt of sin. We live in rebellion against God. And every single one, even on our best day, there are areas of rebellion that show up in our lives. Things that we know we ought to do and we choose not to do. Things that we don't even realize we shouldn't do and we do it anyway. You know, you have all these things and every single day we're building up this debt. And at some point we become aware of the debt. Most of the time we become aware of it because God starts to work in our lives. See, we live in a culture that does not understand the holiness of God. And because our culture doesn't understand who God is, it's impossible for them to live in the light of God because they don't know who he is. But when God starts to intervene in someone's life, all of a sudden you start realizing, oh man, I didn't realize that that was wrong. I didn't realize that was wrong. I didn't realize that was wrong. And you start feeling the weightiness of the debt that you owe. Has that been your experience? That was my experience I remember what it was like when God was beginning to work in my life that things that I had always done, I'd been doing for years, all of a sudden I was starting to have this existential angst about it. Why all of a sudden does this thing feel really wrong? But I've been doing this forever. I didn't understand it. It was because God, the holy God, the true God, he was revealing himself to me. And I started to see myself in the light of his holiness and I started to feel the pressure. Just like the servant. He had been racking up that debt for some time. But when the king comes to settle accounts, now all of a sudden, it's bad. And there's enormous debt's been built up. A debt that's impossible to be paid. But he's like, no, 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 no. Have patience with me. I'm going to pay back your debt. And I love this because when I say that God compassionately forgives, see, the guy was just asking for time to pay the debt. But the king goes beyond that. He's not just content to give this guy time to work the debt off. He's like, no, no, no. He was moved with compassion. And he released him and he forgave the debt. This is the good news of Jesus right here. That you and I and all of humanity has built up a debt that is so great that it's impossible to pay it off. But God comes and says, look, I have compassion on you. I see you in your brokenness, your fallenness, your rebellion. And I'm going to release you from the burden of it. And my friends... This happens through the cross and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
See, that's what the cross and the empty tomb is all about. It's all about the fact that you and I racked up such an extraordinary debt that somebody needed to pay the price for that because the wages of that sin is death. And Jesus died in our place. And he did that because God's compassionate towards us. He sees us the way we are. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says this. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. And if you're in here today and you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, Jesus suffered that we might know God. That's why Christianity is all about Jesus. It's all about God's forgiveness. Because of the forgiveness that Jesus bought for us on Calvary's cross, we get to know God. And my friends, that is good news. That is good news. But if you're here today and you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, you're not yet a follower of Jesus, this is why Jesus is so important. Because how else are you going to pay back the extraordinary debt that you have created. See, for most of us, like the servant, you think that you can work it off. Just give me a little time and I'm gonna get it right. And so what happens is when people start to realize that God is holy and he's perfect, they come up with self-salvation plans. Well, I'm gonna give a little bit of money to this charity. You know, I'm gonna go start to serve. I'm gonna try and not curse. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna smoke anymore. I'm gonna take all the nasty stuff off my Facebook page. I'm gonna Snapchat, but only happy things, including food, you know, or whatever the thing that you have. And so humans are amazing at coming up at a self-salvation plan. Only over time, you start to realize the debt is too great. And even though we try and get better, I'm not knocking trying to get better. The problem is, is that even as we're getting better in some areas, we're still sinning and falling short of God in other areas. Not to mention the self-salvation plan is a sin itself. Because you're saying, I can do it without God. Which is rebellion against the king. But this is why Jesus is so important. Listen to what it says in 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 to 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Wow. Talk about real talk. If you are here today and you say that you have no sin, it says that you are self-deceived. You deceive yourself. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. This is awesome stuff right here. Because what the Apostle John is saying is that, look, if we say that we don't sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth isn't in us. But if the truth is in us, then we confess our sins. When we agree with God that we have failed, it says that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, God knows exactly who we are and what we are. He knows that we're frail and flawed and broken and he loves us still. And he's saying, all I need you to do is be real about who you really are. 
Confess them to me and receive Jesus, my son, and I will be faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. See, this is the good news of the gospel. The good news is that God compassionately forgave you and me in Jesus. And what he's asking us to do is to allow him to forgive us. And for some of you right now, God has forgiven you, but you're not allowing that forgiveness to be applied to your life. You say, I'm going to work it out on my own. And God's saying, you can't. You can't work it out on your own. It's impossible for you to do it, so I'm going to do it for you. And you got to love, because the king doesn't just defer the payment. He cancels the debt. He goes beyond. Why? Because God is exceeding abundant of all that we could ask or think. But notice what happens. Because You would love for this to be the end of the story. There is personal forgiveness for you in Christ. But guess what? After a person receives the forgiveness of Jesus, now we have to go out into the world and still live. And look at what happens to this servant in verse 28. It says, but that servant, he went out and he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying, pay me what you owe. And so his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him saying, have patience with me and I will pay you all. But he would not, but went out and threw him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what he had done, they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. My friends, Don't make this mistake. Don't make this mistake. And this is the part of the message where it's like, we talked about forgiveness and how challenging it is. Don't make this mistake. If you're here today and you put your faith and trust in Jesus and you've been forgiven an extraordinary debt, an unmanageable sum of money, this servant goes on out and he finds another servant who owed him, it says, a hundred denarii, which in that culture would be about a third of a year's wages for the average person. So if the average family income in Clark County right now is about $45,000 a year, imagine somebody owed $15,000. He goes to them, this guy, and he says, pay me what you owe, and the guy can't pay it. Proportionally, it's a much smaller sum of money. And notice the servant who owes the forgiven servant says to the servant the exact thing that the servant said to the king. Have patience with me and I will pay you what I owe. But what happened? This servant did not respond as the king responded. He got angry. He would not. He threw him in prison till he had paid the debt. See, he made the mistake of not treating others the way the Lord has treated him. And brothers and sisters, listen. You realize how extraordinary a debt you have been forgiven of by God. All the sins that you could ever commit. Completely debt-free by God. No matter how horrendous what somebody else did to you is, it's still little in comparison to so great a salvation. It's little. But I believe that many of us are making the same mistake. You could imagine the servant being like, well, he owes me that money. I need that money. 
but he's making a huge mistake. His attitude is appalling. The debt isn't insignificant, but in proportion with what was forgiven him, it was a drop in the bucket. I believe there are many of us who harbor unforgiveness and we're making this mistake right now. And unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. That's what it is. It's literally choking out the fruit that God wants to bear in your life right now. You're holding something against somebody when God has chosen not to hold all of our sins against us. Brothers and sisters, if you are making this mistake, we must stop. It's not that the situation that caused the hurt isn't real. It's that the gospel is even more real. It's not that what happened didn't hurt. Of course it hurts. But it's what Jesus did on the cross and through the empty tomb is greater than what we have gone through. And we want the good news of Jesus to inform our lives. We don't want to separate it from the places of pain that we feel personally. Listen to Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. If Jesus isn't talking straight enough, listen to what he says this. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Those are some tough words from Jesus, aren't they? He's saying, look, if you forgive, you will be forgiven. And if you don't, then you won't. See, it's not salvation by works. It's God knows when we understand the finished work of Jesus because we start to look at our lives through that lens. So the reality is this, my friends. I believe Jesus is asking every one of us to forgive the people who have wronged us. Now, this does not mean that you let them hurt you in the exact same way again. And that's an important distinction. Because it is not God's will for you and I to enable people to sin against God in the name of forgiveness. So, yes, with certain people, you can't let them do the things that they're doing. You don't allow it. But you can forgive them and not allow them to hurt you again. But what we do is we don't know how to separate the two. But I believe the Lord does. And that's so important. And for many of us, not only do you need to forgive other people, you need to forgive yourself. You and I might be the hardest people on ourselves. I've shared this story before. I just think it's so appropriate. I remember when my pastor, John Henry Corcoran, told me that he was putting me up for ordination at the church that I was at. He said, so listen, there's going to be a board meeting on Sunday after church and the elders are going to convene. They, they know and, and they want to talk with you. I've recommended you for ordination. And I remember those words kind of rang in my heart. It's kicking my butt pretty good too. Because I felt like from the moment he said that, I felt like Satan was just running reruns of every tragic thing that I had ever done, which was quite a long list of things. And I felt like at every turn, I just felt so condemned. 
to the point where he, he talked to me. It must have been a Tuesday of the week before. And then on Friday, I barged into his office. And I said, John Henry, I cannot go to that board meeting. I cannot be ordained. Don't you know where I've been? Don't you know what I've done? I mean, I cannot talk to these men of God with the idea of me being a pastor. That's insane. And my pastor, John Henry, he's the most happy-go-lucky guy, but I saw him get right angry. He picked up the Bible on his desk. It was like a good pastor Bible on the desk, too. It was like, it was like he picked that thing up. He slammed it against his desk. And he looked at me with a... He's Irish, so the accent was a little terrifying, too. You know what I mean? But he gave me that look, you know, and he said, if God has forgiven you, who are you to remember it anymore? Now get out of my office. <laughs> oh, you're clapping. I wasn't happy. You guys think this is wonderful. I stood out. I'm like, where's the pastoral care? You know, like I'm having a moment here. I want him to give me a hug and say, no, you're anointed man of God. You know, like God's got you. He yelled at me and threw me out of his office. And I remember I walked out of the office. I got back to my office, you know, I sat down and I felt like the Lord was like, you know, he's right. Because if God has forgiven me, who am I to remember it anymore? If anyone's in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Why am I hanging out in the cemetery with my old life? And brothers and sisters, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation. And when God put you in Christ, he knew that even in Christ, you were going to do some stupid stuff. So if God has forgiven you, who are you to remember it anymore? For some of us, today is the day you need to forgive yourself in Christ because Christ has forgiven you. Because if you don't forgive yourself, it means you don't understand God's forgiveness at all. That's what Jesus is saying. Don't make this mistake. Now, look at how this parable closes. The fellow servants who saw all this stuff transpire, they're grieved. And they come to the king and they tell him, what's going on? They're like, you forgave this guy 10,000 talents. And he just threw a guy in jail for 100 denarii. And it says in verse 32, then his master, after he had called him, said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that death because you begged me, should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, just as I have had pity on you? And his master was angry, and he delivered him to the torturers until he should pay all that was due to him. So my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brothers his trespasses. My friends, you and I, we need to pay God's forgiveness forward. We need to pay God's forgiveness forward. We don't just believe in forgiveness and receive forgiveness. Now we live forgiveness out into the world. See, the king is rightfully angry because his servant, who is part of his kingdom, has missed the heart of the king. See, he's saying, look, shouldn't you have had compassion on that guy the way I did on you? And the answer is, is absolutely. Jesus is real. We have a choice to make today. Are we going to forgive someone who's hurt us 
or will we disobey Jesus and refuse? This is a hard question, but Pastor Daniel wanted us to really examine how we're responding to the trials of life. Forgiveness is mandated by our Savior, but also has been given to us in abundance. Today, we need to pass some of that forgiveness along to our fellow man and show them the love of Jesus. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram have become a regular part of our everyday lives. And we want to be sure to encourage you to check out Pastor Daniel's Facebook page, Twitter feed, and Instagram. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow the links. Pastor Daniel shares two-minute video messages throughout the week on his Facebook page. Log on to JesusIsRealRadio.com and follow Pastor Daniel. God has been doing some amazing things at Crossroads. One of the things that I'm the most stoked about is our new campuses. We launched a brand new campus in Southwest Portland. So if you're in the area, I'd love to invite you to come and join us for worship Sundays at 10 a.m. Our online campus is reaching the entire world. And we'd love to have you join us on Sundays at 9, 11, or 1 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. at CrossroadsLive.tv. Now here's Josh with what's coming up on our next episode of Jesus is Real Radio. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel dives into Christ's view of marriage. This is going to be a hard conversation, but Pastor Daniel reminds us that Jesus never shied away from difficult topics. He had a lot to say about marriage and God's intention for families. No matter if you're single, engaged, married, or divorced, there's something for all of us to learn in this upcoming message. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.